Hello, this is Tim Watton. That's like cotton with a W. Welcome to the Gift Podcast, which is all about the power of the mind, mindfulness, and being more present to help people like yourself and, my, and me deal with and overcome life and health challenges, bringing more resilience, calm, and joy. Today's episode is going to be slightly different. It's all about me. Um, and um, I, I have had questions asked of me uh, since I launched this podcast last year. And I've racked up a couple of questions that I really like. I'm going to road test them on me because they're pretty profound. And then I'm going to weave them into uh, future episodes with my guests. So that's what we're going to do. Plus, you get to know a bit more about my uh, journey using that uh, ubiquitous word. But just to share with you that, you know, there's always learning, there's always growth, and I haven't got it sussed. And I'm forever reminded with my health problems, cystic fibrosis and diabetes, there's banana skins around every corner for me. So, yeah, it's quite a vulnerable episode, this one, but the questions are pretty good, as I mentioned. So, without further ado, one of the questions I've been asked is, what's your greatest accomplishment in your life? I've been able to luckily achieve many amazing things. Uh, the obvious one would be, you know, having a family, marriage, holding down a job. But I suppose if I really pair back, none of that could ever be achieved if I didn't stay alive. Bearing in mind that I'm 48 now and I was supposed to have probably died when I was 17. So that's a pretty good um, extended run on my mortality. So my survival probably is my greatest accomplishment against all odds. However, it's not a linear line with cystic fibrosis. It's a very severe illness. For those that don't really know it that well who are listening, it affects the lungs, uh, digestive um, system, um, and my pancreas. So it's, it requires a lot of medication every day. But that's to have health that most people would really despise. I mean, it's not a really great existence most of the time health-wise. But actually, last year has been a really tricky year. Through a series of colds, I'd lost some lung function. And I didn't have, you know, special amount anyway. Um, and then just before Christmas uh, 2019, I came down with really nasty virus. It's knocked me for six. Christmas was a bit of a write-off. And... Um, I went to the hospital on Monday, the 27th of um, January, and the breathing tests were really poor, like, as poor as they've been in my living memory. So I've started one of my intravenous treatments, which has involved a lot of meds every single day, um, and IV drugs, so you're on a drip for well over an hour, four times a day. It's pretty intense, so yeah. The greatest achievement is my survival. Next question I was really drawn towards. How do you keep overcoming and, and enduring your suffering? Well, I suppose I'm going to sort of phrase it in, in as much that I, I try and find meaning in my suffering. And there's a quote by Nietzsche that I was very drawn to, and that is, he who has a why to live for can bear almost any how and it's amazing actually there were times where you 
pick up a book or you hear something maybe on the radio in a song or even a friend says something and sort of drawn towards it and um <laughs> as i said in a minute ago last monday when i went to hospital it was a really horrid day my breathing tests were low i lost weight started this iv quite a bit of pain um and then on the way back driving from a hospital i was just listening to a, a podcast about um films and there's this recent film that's, that's come out in the uk uh, a beautiful day in the neighborhood about uh, this ge amazing gentleman called fred rogers and they just talked about a, a quote he kept saying four words and it is this too shall pass this too shall pass and i just thought actually that's really profound because life is impermanent once you've your mortality is questioned you know that better than most people and yeah it, it is just one of those things that i felt really low but i now believe this that that difficult period shall pass and i'll come back again and i'll have really good moments but they shall pass but it was just really fortuitous to hear it in that moment also looking at meaning and suffering i started reading uh, i read victor e frankel's book man's search for meaning again it was something i kept seeing people reading and talking about saying how much they got from it and so it's not a very long book i'm very drawn towards short books like my own and i would heartily recommend um victor e frankel's book about his life um at auschwitz and what he went through uh beautifully written though very poignant of course but he does talk about three um avenues for meaning in life one is through work or a task another is through relationships and the third one is actually through suffering and i was very drawn towards a particular passage in the book you let me indulge me and that is um even the helpless victim of a hopeless situation facing a fate he cannot change may rise above himself or herself may grow beyond himself and by doing so change himself he may turn a personal tragedy into a triumph i was just really blown away by those words and it's just highlighted to me as tough and as suffering as, as i have every single day particularly at the moment i can find meaning in that suffering and that purpose will carry me through next question i had was <laughs> it's a very uh, vulnerable one when did i last cry in front of someone um i think the most i, I did actually have a tear this morning um uh, something on facebook that got me um, and actually probably those tears needed to come out because i've sort of fairly repressed in my suffering and i don't probably cry as much as i should do but the last person i cried in front of actually was was my wife um katie um her granddad brian um he died a few years ago great man and we have this thing that whenever we're out in the garden and a white feather comes down it's a little sign from him and it, this comes out of the just the the stratosphere and drops in front of us and she got a bit emotional and so did i so i suppose that was the last time um we i cried in front of someone and it was that white feather that did the trick 
Next question. Uh, for what in my life do I feel most grateful? This is a really great question and one that probably a lot of people should spend time considering even most days i do have quiet time every day um i book in the day um in the bathroom like most people would and certainly in the morning um it's really quiet time for me just to be grateful in my head and also set out my day in my head how will it go what will i achieve um and almost and with the health try not to let cystic fibrosis become more than it is but I, I am grateful for my family and my friends um i'm grateful for all i've learned about the power of my mind um and uh my expression get up and go again i'm also really grateful that i've taken the leap with my podcast the gift of resilience calm and joy and everything i've been reading about the power of the mind putting into practice seeing it work it just felt like a really amazing opportunity to share it and help myself through the guests i've got on my show so i feel really grateful that i've taken that plunge with the, this podcast and the positive feedback i've had next question what would constitute a perfect day um, you know i try and find perfect moments in in every day i believe that every day has moments worth living for despite hardship despite things not going well and i am really determined every single day to go and search those moments out it could be as just as simple as going out in nature and just being still um, having some sunlight on your face hearing beautiful bird song uh, feel the breeze um, and actually that would feel a very profound moment my most perfect day would be trying to join up a lot of those perfect moments in one, in one day um, where I can feel calm and an and, and unbridled joy in living. That is something that actually can be easily missed by a lot of people I know, that they can just uh, be on autopilot. So I probably don't have a perfect day, uh, though I've had many amazing days, but I try and find every day moments to live for. Next question, share an embarrassing moment in my life. Well, I could spend two podcasts on this one. Uh, where do I start? But I, I think the most, one of the most embarrassing one in front of strangers was in the 90s. And I was having an intravenous treatment back then, which is what I'm having now. And I was at the Brompton Hospital in London, South Kensington back then. And I was getting on the train at Waterloo to come back down to Southampton, where um, my parents were living at the time, still live, well, my mum. And I had lots of bags and boxes full of my treatment, but also syringes, needles, um, and lots of vials of this different medicine. And when the train, I put the, all these bags on the overhead over, um, counter, or storage area. And when the train lurched forward, the whole lot poured over the top and landed in front of me and the three people sitting around this table and i just i mean they all thought i must have been some sort of uh, drug dealer or hippie and i i just said it's not what you think i do have this illness and i just probably went beetroot red 
tucked it all away, put it all back, securely safe, sec safely secured it back in the hold, and then just <laughs> sat there quietly. But it was a truly embarrassing moment. What my, my next question, my most treasured memory. I think my wedding day uh, would be up there. Uh, beautiful day. It's one of those days where you have so many family and friends together. And you're, well, that's only too sad. They'll never probably all be together again. Uh, particularly my father, he was there. He's not with us anymore. I sadly died of motor neuron disease uh, seven, eight years ago. And I really miss him. Um, and I do delve into grieving in this podcast because it's something I've gone through. I've lost lots of friends to CF as well. So grieving and loss has been a counterpoint in most of my life. But yeah, just the memory of him. He looked really delighted, happy that day, really joyful to see me get married. Because as I said earlier in this podcast, I wasn't expected to get to 17. So for my parents to even think I would get to 30, let alone get married and be at that wedding day. Uh, yeah, it, it was a pretty special moment and one that I'll always uh, remember with intense pride and happiness. Uh, other treasured memories could go across milestones of my life and achievements I've, I've managed to, um, to have made happen. Uh, you know, from playing hockey for England to, to getting through uni. And for those that uh, were with me at uni, that wasn't necessarily on the cards with the way I did socialize and maybe over the top. Um, playing first team hockey into my mid 30s, uh, the Phantoms touring team that I write about in my book, that's a very special um, memory that we meet up each year. Um, Obviously, then marriage to Katie and having our lovely son, Felix. Getting to 40 was a huge milestone with CF. And I suppose over the last uh, five, 10 years, you know, sharing my story, helping others. You do help yourself by helping others. My media work um, uh, and my book, How Have I Cheated Death? So th those are some treasured memories of what I've achieved. Right, next question actually is relating to a book. Um, what, it's a question I ask every guest actually. What is the one book that you tend to be drawn to uh, or would read again? And my answer is um, The Diving Bell and the Butterfly uh, by um, J.P. Bowlby. It uh, came out in the 90s, it was made into a, a film. He was the French editor of Elle. He had such a severe stroke in his sort of uh, late 30s, early 40s that he had locked-in syndrome. So he couldn't move any part of his body, but all he could do was blink. I think it was left eye. And he, with um, support, narrated his story through blinking. And it was just an amazing book, a very short book. If For those that have never read it, you'll get through it quickly. What's profound about it is that, despite everything I've gone through, and maybe listeners, if they've got hardships, whether they be health or life hardships, I think everybody's got a cross to bear. But actually, if you pick up that book, The Diving Bell and the Butterfly, I think your life will just be feeling just a bit easier because he took it head on with humor. Uh, it was very profound. Um, the chapters are short and punchy. I mean, he wasn't going to write a huge tomb, was he, by blinking his eyes. So it had to be short and sweet. And the other important thing about The Diving Bell and the Butterfly 
back in the 90s, uh, again, my longevity really was in doubt because getting to 30 back then was unlikely. It just felt to me, you know, Tim, if you ever wrote your own book and memoir, that would be a really good template. Short and punchy chapters with humor, with your sort of essence, your character, um, being vulnerable, really the Pandora's box open around your emotions. And that lived with me so that when I actually got to the point when I got to 40 and I wanted to write my own book, I did then reread The Diving Bell and go, okay, let's land on this sort of formula, short and punchy chapters. So yeah, that book is super meaningful to me. My last question I'm going to answer in this podcast is the question I always end uh, with all my guests. And of course, this podcast is called The Gift. And what gift would I give you, the listeners, in form of a quote or my own saying? And it is this, live every day like it's your last. I do, and every single day I reset. What can I be doing? What do I want to know? What do I want to feel and what do I want to do? I don't just have a to-do list. I have a no-feel-do list. And that makes every single day feel full of energy, feel profound, and most of the time, a joy to live, despite hardships. Now, I don't wait for, you know, the perfect day. Every single day has moments to be perfect. And if you reset every single day, like just like tomorrow could never happen, that's a pretty amazing way to make the most of every single day that you have on this planet. As we've seen with many people, but particularly, and very sadly, Kobe Bryant, you just don't know when uh, tomorrow may not happen for you. So that is a pretty sad moment to end on, but it's also uplifting because it gives us all an opportunity to go out there and uh, seize our own days. Thank you for listening. Um, I've got an amazing guest for next week, so looking forward to that. Do tell others about this podcast. Um, you can reach out to me at Tim Watton on social media um, and do write a review on um, my podcast and do tell others really important to spread the word. But thank you for listening. I sign off as I always do yours cup half full. Goodbye.